it going, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite Swimbait Podcast, Scales and Tails, episode 78. 78, man, I've recorded a lot of episodes in the last couple of weeks, and it's just, it's crazy how uh, how many people that I've gotten the chance to talk to and how many guys who, who are very into the swimbait fishing and just in, like just into fishing in general. It's, it's super cool to be able to pick these guys' minds and kind of have a baseline of, of where everybody started and, and where they're at now, and today... Uh, Dude, I don't actually even know, remember how I found your Instagram. Just like you posted a picture a couple weeks ago and it popped up on my timeline. I had already been following you. And I went to your profile and I, I watched your YouTube, your 2022 Bass Remix video. Oh my gosh, dude, that that video, um, I'll, I'll link that in the description or in the show notes for people who haven't watched it. I'm interviewing Mr. Dylan Ford out of Oklahoma today. And he has, like I said, in his link on his Instagram page, Dude, that video you put together last year, that video is so badass. It's just, it's such a sick video. Thank you, man. Yeah, that was, uh, I tried to do every fish over seven pounds and I, I run GoPro all the time. So I was lucky enough to get pretty much all of them that, that were over seven pounds. Damn, dude, that is, that's so sick. And is Oklahoma like a big fish state? Like, I mean, you, that's a, what, 23 minute video of a fish over seven pounds. Like that's. Those are a lot. That's a lot of damn big fish. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, the state record is like fifteen pounds. Holy crap! So I mean, they're there, but it's really just like a select few lakes. We got. We kind of have this line that runs through the middle of the state that like divides where I guess Florida strain thrive, like on the southern half, mm-hmm. and in the northern half, a lot of those lakes are more known for like a lot of people know Grand Lake. That's like one of the big ones that a lot of the big tournament series go to but yeah um anything kind of south of that line you know you start getting down towards texas territory and we all know what what's been going on in texas so yeah there's some good lakes with big fish hell yeah man so did have have you always lived in oklahoma is that kind of where you cut your teeth and learned how to fish and stuff or what what's your story on how you got into it i was actually born in iowa but oh shit okay i i only lived there until i was like I think we moved to Oklahoma when I was like five years old. So all I remember is Oklahoma. So yeah, grew up in a like southeastern Oklahoma. And then I've been living in Oklahoma City for probably like nine years now. So yeah, all, all my fishing has been done in Oklahoma for sure. Damn, dude. That's uh, so it, I mean, it's nice when you grow up, like when you get into fishing and like you stay in that area, like it's, it's very productive. I remember growing up, um, up, up at home and I remember fishing all these spots and then I got into bass fishing. I stopped fishing them and then I remember them and I go back and they're like, there's super good fish there. And now you just used to bluegill and crappie fish off these docks. And now there's, you know, four or five pound largemouth, six pound smallmouth swimming around every day. And, uh, so it's cool to, to grow up in the area. And then when you're older to, to revisit those areas, I feel like that was always something super cool for me growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, where I grew up at, it's it's kind of funny. I, I moved to Oklahoma City for work or whatever, you know, and some of the best fishing is actually back home, like in that part of the state. So I still got family and everything there. So I, I still end up fishing down there pretty often. So yeah, you uh, no offense to the northern guys, but I'm I'm definitely glad we ended up in Oklahoma compared to, to Iowa. I'm not sure what the bass fishing is like there, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd have any DDs under my belt if I was still living there. 
Dude, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe there's like some irrigation ponds with some chemicals in it that grow some super big fish. <laughs> yeah. I don't think like, I don't think you're launching a boat and probably having a good chance at a DD by, by like, by the sounds of like Oklahoma and Texas and, you know, Florida and all those states down there. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of like walleye though. I, oh, okay. if I have the chance to catch some walleye, you know, we, we've got a few lakes in Oklahoma with those. So that, that might be the one good thing. If I was still up North, I could be a, a walleye nerd dude walleye fishing is like like stupid big and i think that the big cheating scandal last year or last fall whenever it was everybody knows what i'm talking about that like blew walleye fishing up even more like people people were like oh my gosh you can fish for money and then like people were like oh my gosh you can walleye fish for money and like walleye fishing tournaments are huge especially in like uh minnesota wisconsin michigan like they are they are very uh popular around these this area for sure yeah, so not only have a chance at winning some money, but also take home the best eating fish in freshwater, in my opinion. Yeah, dude. Uh, crappie and walleye go hand in hand, dude. Like crop or uh freaking walleye like walleye tacos or crappie tacos, dude. Yeah, dude. The best freshwater <laughs> fish, I think, hands down. Making me hungry, man. <laughs> and it was always like <sighs> Dude, I don't know. It's funny that you said you like catching them because I always just thought I would. I was pissed when I'd catch one. Not that like I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm gonna have dinner, but it's like, dude, these things fight like a wet sock. I feel like, like I caught them on swim baits and stuff like shine glides, and you sweep into them, and then it's just like you're pulling in like a stick. Like, it's a yeah. cool. Fish, don't get me wrong, but you just you gotta have the right gear and stuff to to make it fun. Yeah, it's funny because one of one of my first like swim bait experiences, I guess, I had a buddy on my boat that was throwing a. I think it was like a five inch uh, bull shad or maybe like a six inch, but we were on a lake here in Oklahoma city that isn't really known for giant bass, but he hooked into something giant ended up being like, I think it was close to like a six pound walleye, which was just insane at the time on a swim bait too. Damn dude. Yeah, that is, that's a, that's a really damn good walleye. Yeah. I know, I know Oklahoma and I only know this cause I've seen like some videos of it recently are you into like the paddlefish snagging? Is that a thing that you do or have ever done before? Uh, yeah, I've I've done it before. So yeah, that goes back to where I grew up. Um, they're really popular in the Arkansas River watershed. I think that's where a lot of the a lot of the bigger ones are. Mm-hmm. So e- even just going behind the like the fishing the tailwaters at, at a lot of our big dams, you could be back there like striper fishing with like a uh just like a paddle tail on on a jig or something and yeah you, you'd end up snagging one so like just fishing like you didn't even have to be targeting that them half the time so yeah i've i've caught quite a few of those they kind of they've kind of turned into a little bit of a of a nuisance for some people like i mean they're obviously there's people that love to catch them but if you're back there trying to catch like sand bass or striper or something like yeah. that they, they kind of get in your way are they like this is going to sound bad. Are they good for anything? Like we were talking about walleye and crappie and stuff obviously can eat. Like, are they an edible fish or is it just kind of catch for fun, throw back in the water, call it a day? Yeah. So they have huge, uh, like, like they're protected. I think you're allowed like one a week or something. I, I don't know. I haven't caught them in forever, but it's the yeah. caviar that people are after. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess the, their eggs are like best for like world-class caviar. There's been all types of scandals, like people coming in from, out of state to to poach uh, a spoonbill and, and get their eggs yeah it's it's crazy there's like a whole i've never tried it i'm I'm good on caviar 
Damn, dude, that's crazy, dude. Here, I thought like sturgeon were like the caviar, like cow, and <laughs> come to find yeah. out, it's, it's like what did you call those shovel shovelfish? Uh, uh, spoonbill, paddlefish, spoonbill. same thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I I watched a video of these guys like casting out these huge M80s, you know, big chunk of lead, two two uh, two treble hooks on it, and just snagging. I'm like, what the hell are these yeah. guys fishing for? And they caught one, and the guy had a little clicker, and he clicked it, and it was like 94. And somebody's like, "How long have you been fishing for?" The guy's like, "Oh, we got down here about six hours ago." I'm like, "Are you serious? Holy yeah. shit! There's a couple of those things in that river. It sounds like." Yeah, that's insane. I, I know there's a guide. I'm sure a few guides are doing it. They're live scoping them, like up on the lakes. Oh, really? Like when they get up in the lakes, yeah, they're they're live scoping them and hitting them with those big, like you said, it's like a. I don't know, four, five, six ounce, uh, uh, big lead weights, and then a big old treble hook. So yeah, they're just sniping them just like we would crappie or something with live scope. Damn, dude, that's I mean, yeah. that's I guess changing the game for everything, not just bass fishing or crappie fishing. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. I, I wouldn't mind going and doing that. You know, like actually targeting them like with live scope. That'd be pretty dope. I bet. Yeah, I think that'd be. It's interesting that uh, that somebody's into it that much that they that they buy the live target. I'm sure it was probably a bass guy who stumbled upon it and then fucking caught one and everybody's like oh this is the next big thing in paddle paddle fish yeah. right here oh dude th those guys stay booked too man i mean it's like that's probably because you don't got to make them bite like yeah, yeah bass and crappie and you, you got to make them bite for someone to have a good guide trip where those all you got to do is find them and then just hit them in the side i'm not saying it's easy but right you don't have to rely on the fish to be in like a positive feeding mood for your for your clients to have a good trip yeah, you're not reading the pressure of the moon phase or anything. You're just going out there. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> yeah. Just go find where those dinosaurs are swimming around and let her rip. Your favorite swimbait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blades. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Oh yeah, man. So kind of circling back to when you got into fishing, had it always been bass fishing for you or was it like kind of crappie, bluegill, like a lot of stuff that, that younger kids grow up doing? Yeah, it was just... So when we moved to Oklahoma, we stayed with my grandparents for a while and they had just a little farm pond. I mean, it's probably not even one or two acres. It's just a mud hole, you know, but it had bass and yeah, it had, you know, all the species you just mentioned in it. So it was just bobber fishing, like just catching whatever would bite. And that's kind of where it all started was grandma's pond. Hell yeah, man. And then when did you um, find out about bass? Like when did you kind of stump, I'm sure maybe stumbled on a YouTube video or saw it on the outdoor channel or something. When did that, when did that kind of happen for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, just seeing them in, in my grandma's pond, first off, like, I, I don't remember like the defining moment where I was like, oh, that's a bass. Like I want to catch those, but it just kind of snowballed from there as far as seeing fish, catching them, like getting to know what species was what. and then probably like when i realized what bass fishing was and knew it was like a quote-unquote sport i guess was watching uh like the bass masters on saturday mornings that was kind of my first like oh shit people like this is a whole thing like yeah. people make money on this and like make their living off of this damn dude like i remember 
I didn't even know competitive like fishing was really a thing until like my sophomore, probably like my freshman or sophomore year in high school. And I just knew it was a thing because I had a buddy that fished in college. And then somebody's like, oh yeah, there's like pro fishing. And I'm like, what? No, there's not like there's college <laughs> fishing. And they're like, no, like there's pro fishing. Like you can, you can make money doing it. I remember like seeing it and just going down this rabbit hole. And I'm sure as, as every young uh, person is, when they find that out, like they were automatically, I'm like, I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to win all these tournaments and I'm going to go, go fish the opens and I'm going to go fish the elites and all this. And um, unfortunately it didn't work out like that, but oh well, <laughs> you know, can't, can't cry yeah. over spilled milk, but <laughs> yeah. How old are you? Uh, I'm 21, 21. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm 30. So like, even when I was growing up watching it, there was, I don't even know if there was like college, I'm sure there was college bass fishing, yeah. but not to the level that it is now. So even looking back then, like I never, I didn't know how the process worked. I just knew like, Oh shit, that'd be cool to do one day. Like just fish for a living. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, this was, um, I'm not sure how big into college or fishing, like if you know anything about it or as far as a couple of years ago, but I was getting into it when Adrian college, which is a college, uh, right on the border of Michigan and Indiana, I think are, uh, that was like when they were the top dogs, like they were number one. And I remember getting an Adrian poster and hanging up in my room. I'm like, I'm gonna go fish for these guys. I'm gonna be, the, I'm gonna be the best in the country. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's, that's dope that you had that to like look up to though. Cause yeah, even now it's like every high school has a fishing team so like yeah. they, like if you're into it as a young kid like you got a lot of options to actually make that stuff work out where like me i mean i don't even know how like if, if you don't have parents that like bought mm-hmm. you a boat or like a dad that like took you to tournaments like there was really no way to aside from when you got older and made your own money like there was no way to get into it to that level as a kid yeah dude for sure it was like you know it, it's kind of crazy even now from a couple of years ago when i was in high school like it's it's gotten so big and and you see that it, it, especially like in the swim bait game like i remember when bass fishing blew up and then right around COVID is when swim baits really started to get popular i i say that as if they haven't for the last 10 years but like that's when you saw like guggen making baits uh sixth sense you know all these other companies that started making baits right and it became that that mainstream thing that it seemed like a lot of people not necessarily got into but you could definitely see people starting to get their toes wet into buying this stuff yeah it's definitely more i don't get as many funny looks having that stuff on my deck like now compared to like three even three or four years ago i mean you're not yeah. far off like that stuff was still kind of I, I don't know i think it's just yeah people seeing all these big YouTubers and even guys fishing the elites putting it to use. They're like, Oh, okay. I guess that does work. I think that's why it's so many people are finally coming around to it. It's just getting a lot more exposure. Yeah. And even like, um, before I I ask you this question, I got into swim baits right around 2016, 2017. And like, it was, it wasn't big then, but it's definitely gotten, you know, three, four times is as popular as mainstream as it was back then. Like I remember you couldn't get Huddleston's back then. Like tackle warehouse was always sold out and like tackle warehouse had like such a, a minor uh, catalog of swim baits and swim bait rods, dude, like the rods, the rod selection has blown up a crazy amount since like COVID every company is making a rod. Now it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that people have, I mean, I was kind of a, late bloomer in the swim bait game myself i guess like i dabbled in it probably i got my boat i think in like 2017 
And from then on, I, I, my first bait was probably most people's first bait, like an S waiver, like the little 168 size. And that seemed yeah. huge at the time. And yeah, it just, it just snowballs. But yeah, I, I mean, I do remember that though, like trying to find a rod or trying to find even baits and like, it's just, yeah, it's had to have like quadrupled from, from what it used to be even like four or five years ago, as far as selection goes. Yeah. And I think, um, dude, like even, even that 20, 2018, 2019, 2020 time before COVID, I remember watching videos and like, you know, you had John B your Peric or whoever, whoever it was. And like the thumbnail was like giant, giant swim bait, X, Y, Z. And they were fishing like a Gantrell. And everybody in the comments <laughs> yeah. was like, oh my gosh, dude, that bait is massive. Like, I can't believe you <laughs> caught a three pounder on it. That's crazy. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, whoa, like it, it's crazy how far it's come in just that couple of years. And now those guys are making baits and stuff like through their company. It's, it's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, that goes back to what I just mentioned about the S waiver 168 seeming big, like yeah, what, yeah. what seems big now. Like I, I had my hands on a frenzy, that new DRT bait. Yeah. Yep. It's like, I forget how freaking long, like 16 inches 16, or something stupid. Yeah. 16 and, and like you know, ounces or something like super yeah, light. And you, know, it is. you know, what's crazy about it is like, I, I've fished a ghost for a little while mm-hmm. and that bait seems big, but the more you hold a bait and like kind of tinker with it and even just sitting there with it in your hands, like they stop seeming as big as, is what they, when you first pull them out of the box, you're like, Oh my God, like I'm never going to catch yeah. anything on this. But, I remember I had a Hinkle trout and I was catching Hinkle trout fish and I got a 250, and I'm like, dude, this 250 is not very big. Like it's like, it's just like two one tens. That's all it is. It's not very big at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you put that stuff in perspective, like, now yeah like the canine seems small to me which i i never thought i would say that i got my first canine in i think like 2021 i got lucky and found one off marketplace and i had the same feeling with that bait i'm like this thing is giant like how do people catch fish on this and now that's like a confidence bait of mine almost like someone throwing a senko or something i'm like if i can't get bit like i'll reach for a canine before i reach for a lot of other stuff it's kind of wild yeah, dude. And uh, I guess kind of elaborating on a little bit more. So you said you got into it around that like 2017, 2018 time period. Yeah, that's when I first kind of started to dabble with it. Um, I didn't really I mean, I didn't go like all out. Like for one, I couldn't afford to just get what baits I wanted and what setups I wanted. So it was just here and there. Like I'd keep it around and, and play with it. Never had much success on it. I, I had the S waivers and some mag drafts and you know, I'd catch pond fish here and there, but yeah, I never really went full on in it. Um, my breakout year for like actually having success with big fish was probably, yeah, probably that 2021 year, like two or three years ago is when mm-hmm. I really first, like, I think a lot of it comes down to not being afraid to lose baits and at the time like when i first got into it i couldn't afford to lose baits and now i can afford to lose baits a little more so i i know that seems dumb and simple but that was like that was one of the big ones for me is like throwing baits where they need to go or fishing them over a brush pile like that's when i started having the most success it feels like yeah and this is funny do you remember losing your first bait and like being upset about it um Dude, I remember losing an S waiver to a freaking it had to have been a big hybrid bass, like a like a hybrid white bass. Yeah. And I was devastated. 
like for i i went back that night and was hoping i could find like a dead fish floating with a freaking s waiver in his mouth and now i'm like why did i even freak out about that but not i don't think i've lost as crazy as this sounds i don't think i've lost any expensive hard baits i've lost some battle shads i think i've lost three or four battle shads which i mean shit dude those are like 80 bucks so those kind of hurt when you lose them yeah but as far as hard baits go dude i'm I'm gonna jinx myself but i don't <laughs> think i've ever lost any of my high-end hard baits which is just a miracle dude i will say i i don't like if i if i lose a bait i lose a bait i've lost a lot of baits uh fishing up at home uh with with rip rap and and unfortunate events <laughs> yeah i feel like losing hard baits even if it's the same price like if it's an 80 dollar hard bait to an 80 dollar uh battle shad i i just hate losing the hard baits because hard baits tell a story like i had this taxi fish everything taxi trout and it was hook rash you know an eighth inch into the bait there was teeth marks all over it paint was missing the eyeballs were all scratched up from fish head shotting it and I remember losing that bait, and I was just sad because, like, the 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 uh, sediment sedimentary value to it. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, like I'm not gonna be able to get that thing back. And like, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I could have if I wanted to. It's super clear water, but it's like, damn, dude. And then trying to find one that swims exactly like how I had that one tuned, and then you know, getting getting a bunch of fish on the next one and losing that bait. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like terrible. Nothing's gonna replace that first one I ever had. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely when that day comes, that that'll probably hurt more than losing like a brand new bait. Cause yeah, I've got a couple like my first Joy Thief K9, dude. I've got so many memories on that bait, and then uh, I have a three sixteen workhorse that I've caught a bunch of fish on too. So those two, if I lost one of those, yeah, I'd I'd probably have to go see counseling or something for a little while. That one would hurt. Yeah, dude, and that's like I was. I'm not going to say I was scared, but I was, when I caught all my, uh, hinkle trout fish and I started to fish it more, I, I started to get a little more lenient on how I was fishing it. Cause I'm like, dude, like this is a really hard bait to get to. Like it was, it was kind of easy to get when I got it. But then after that is when it really started to tank and they started going for a lot of money and they, you couldn't find yeah. them. And I'm like, shit, dude, like <laughs> I really want to fish this thing today. But if I lose it in this 20 foot of water, I'm absolutely, sh I'm, I'm fucked up. So I'm like, yeah. ah, what do I want to do here? Like, does it matter if I'm going to try to fish this 11 inch bait or are they going to eat, you know, a nine inch glide bait, a nine inch phony shad, just the same. So more times than not, I'd start to fish the phony shad or, you know, what the 250 over the hinkle trout, just because I was like, ah, man, like this means a lot to me right now. So I don't know if I'm going to fish it here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel that. I mean, I don't know how often you shore fish compared to fishing in a boat, but I don't really do like around Oklahoma City, the fishing sucks. Yeah. So it, pretty much if I go fish, I'm taking my boat and driving like an hour and a half somewhere. But yeah, I, I keep a plug knocker on my boat and it's one of those. Uh, It's the toothy fisherman toothy fish. Yeah. Yeah, dude, those things, man, I've saved. I've got to be like close to a thousand bucks that I've saved with this thing. Like, damn! I, I couldn't imagine not having one because, it, yeah, like what I said earlier, having that too, I'm, I am not afraid. Like, I'll put that lip in a canine mm -hmm. and dude, I'll crank that thing right into a brush pile. Like, fuck it. If it gets hung up, I know I can get it back. Yeah, dude. And that's like, 
now now that I'm doing a lot of wading fishing into kind of a decently shallow river and stuff, dude, I don't care where I put an S waiver or put a TK. Like, dude, I don't give a shit. I'll go walk over there and I'll, I'll pull it out. Like, I do not care. We casted, or my buddy broke off a little uh, little soft bait last week, and then I broke off a HUD trying to pull in a log. And he was just like, screw it. He, he stripped down to his boxes and started swimming around and getting our baits. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's 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 nice. Like I I was fishing Lake Michigan from shore growing up, and when I was getting into swim baits, and like that was like some serious considerate gone. If you if you take a huck cast out in the middle and a muskie breaks you off, or you cast it off, or you know you you get a super hard nick on your line and you break off, like that thing is more than likely fucking gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, we don't have to. Wor- I hear all the nightmare stories about pike, and luckily we don't have to worry about that. We have gar, but. They're not nearly as fired up as, as what I've heard about Pike. So, yeah, that's uh, not even something I have to consider, thank God. Yeah, no that's pike. nice. That's, I mean, I don't mind them. I've never, knock on wood, I've never lost a bait to a pike. And I've heard a lot of horror stories, but, dude, I've caught, I've caught a lot of bass, and I probably have caught maybe a tenth of the amount of pike to the to the amount of bass i've caught like for some reason i just don't catch pike and that's completely cool with me i don't care <laughs> yeah they're they're a cool fish i, I talked to a couple guys on instagram that like target them and i mean they're especially when they get giant like they're yeah. they're badass i tell everyone man if i lived up north somewhere where musky were mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't bass fish i'd probably just musky fish if i'm being honest yeah dude like dude those musky get so fired up and they're just I feel like you don't, I feel like you never see small musky relative. That's just if guys aren't posting pictures, but I feel like guys are always catching like 35 to 50 inch musky. Like if they're catching musky, that's how big they are. Yeah. Yeah. Musky would be sick. Like the next, as far as like giant fish goes that eat lures, the closest thing we would probably have would be like flathead catfish or something. Uh, they're they're known to eat like a jig or something like that. But outside of that, man, it's just a, uh, largemouth are going to be our biggest fish that eat a swim bait or eat a big bait yeah you guys have smallmouth down there yeah yeah we the, so one of the bet like my favorite lake that i fish pretty much the whole winter um it's got i mean it's probably your only chance in oklahoma of catching like a i mean i'll just like a state record largemouth and possibly like a seven plus pound smallmouth like oh, in the same God. lake damn so yeah, it's they're not super common in all the lakes, but the lakes that got them, they they seem to get pretty big. So, yeah, we've we've got some good smallmouth lakes. Yeah, and that's always like talking to. I mean, being luckily luckily enough to talk to and interview guys all across the country, it's always it's always interesting to hear what what you guys have to target and, and what'll eat a swim bay. Like, dude, Michigan, Michigan, Wisconsin, like, and probably New York too we're so spoiled with Lake Michigan because you have like, you have constant flow of musky lake trout, uh, brown trout, uh, smallies, largemouth, and just like all that stuff will eat a swim bait. Just no, no second thoughts. Dude, we were catching, we were catching trout on TKs in the fall and it's just, it's such an experience, dude. It's so wild. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. You know, that's badass, but at the same time that might set you up for disappointment if you're like actually trying to catch a big bass. Cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least, at least here, I know if I hook, if I'm throwing a freaking big glide or something, and I hook up, I I know it's a bass. Like hands down, it's gonna be a bass. Yeah. Do you guys have like bowfin down there at all? 
I think maybe a couple of the lakes way down south, like Texoma, I think has them, but I've never caught one. So I, I've never seen one with my own eyes, but I'm, I'm sure they're around. Dude, when those things hit like a soft bait, oh my gosh. I've only ever caught them sight fishing them. I've had one experience where one bit and I didn't know what it was. But dude, if that, if like you were fishing a lake and you didn't know they were in there and one bit, dude, you'd probably think that you had, you had a DD on because those things just flare, go absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's a super fun fish, but like if you're trying to drop shot for like big smallmouth and you hook one of those fuckers, oh my gosh, it, it'll ruin your day. <laughs> 20 minute fight. Dude, like that's the thing they fight super hard but they're done in like three minutes like you can they're just super erratic they don't like dig or anything they just flare all over the place it's like a pool noodle it's like they're fun but it's just it's a weird fish to catch man especially on swim baits they're they're interesting for sure are those the same thing people call dogfish is that the same yeah thing? yeah so so i call them dogfish and uh i mean dogfish both and whatever i call them but i i've always called them dog i've always called them dogfish just because that's what everybody around here calls them I gotcha. Yeah, I've definitely seen them and heard of them, but never caught one. So maybe that needs to be put on my bucket list. Dude, they're they're a wicked freaking fish, especially sight fishing them, man. When like they're pushing up to spawn and getting ready to spawn, they they turn on and they're they're ready to eat whatever swims out in front of them. I swear. Hell yeah, it's fun to sight fish anything. Yeah, and um, going off of that, when you got into swim bait fishing, was it like? a big thing in Oklahoma? Like was, was there has, even now, is there like a lot of people doing it or had there been a lot of people doing it when you got into it? Not really, man. Like I, I still don't see a lot. It's definitely, you'll see it here and there more than you did a few years ago, but yeah, it's still super uncommon. Like I, I know if I'm going out to a lake and throwing a big bait, I'm probably one of the few, if only the one, if, if, if not the only one there doing it that day. Like, cause you can see from a mile away if someone's throwing a big bait, like it's not, yeah. it's not easy to hide, but yeah, I, I still don't see it a whole lot, even as popular as they are. I mean, I don't see it that much. I, I'm in a, like the guys I fish with do like yeah, the couple yeah. guys that I know and talk to often. So there's, there's five or six guys that I know that I talk to often that do it here in Oklahoma, but it's, you know how it is. It's, it's a small kind of mm -hmm. niche group. So everyone knows everyone as far as the swim bait stuff goes. Yeah. Especially like in a local area. And when, when you like, when you first saw the first person doing it and you didn't know who they were, we were like, holy shit. Like that guy, that guy's casting an eight inch hut or, you know, a, a workhorse or something. Was it like, Oh my gosh, are my eyes deceiving me or is this legit? And did it just kind of, is that kind of how you met these guys or was it more through social media and like seeing their pictures and stuff on your timelines? It, it was more through social media. Like I, I don't think I ever, before I started throwing them myself, I don't think I ever ran into someone throwing it like in person out fishing yeah. somewhere, to be honest. Like I, my first exposure to it, I, I'm trying to remember. It's hard to remember, but what really got me like psyched up about it was seeing uh, the working class zero edits that he mm -hmm. had on his YouTube. Yeah. I think uh, he posted a lot of them in like that 2017, 2018 time, something like that. But yeah, so I don't even know how I found those, but seeing just the way he edits videos and those edits he makes, like that's the shit that got me fired up for it. I was like, this is badass. Yeah, dude. I remember, I, I was like a, I've always been kind of a big camera nut. And I remember watching the 17 video when he, when he casts the Hinkle and he has the GoPro screwed into the Hinkle trout, dude, I thought that was the, like, 
I was hooked onto swim bait fishing then, and I remember watching that video. But when I saw that video, dude, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is the most badass thing I've ever seen as a is like a POV of a hinkle trout being casted out. Like that's so damn sick. Yeah, he he kills it, man. And I coming from like a skateboarding background, I I kind of knew who Mike Gilbert was because he did a lot of the, the videography stuff for. I think it was zero skateboards which is like a a lot of big videos back in the day yeah like yeah videos that we watched often he did a lot of the work for so when i found out he was in into fishing too i'm like oh this is it like this is as cool as it gets like you can and you can tell in in the edits he makes and mm -hmm. just the way he markets his brand a lot of it kind of comes from that like skate culture background which yeah. is super dope and have you kind of i mean it uh, for anybody who doesn't know your Instagram handle is bait and skate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so have you noticed kind of that, like that skater kind of grunge, uh, I guess like aesthetic in the swim bait world. Cause I've, I, I'm, I've never skateboarded. I've tried, you know, I, I was big <laughs> into snowboarding and stuff. And so I, I didn't necessarily grow up on that stuff, but I've kind of been able to see it, especially in Mike's brand, but just kind of like as a whole, it's always been like that, like, kind of punk slash misfit feeling around the swim bait game i felt like yeah one one million percent like that and i think that's why i don't know what it is like i still haven't been able to figure out the mentality behind it but how many i mean how many people do you know that throw swim baits also like used to skate or something like yeah, dude, like look exactly. at look at a uh, keith too in florida mm -hmm. i don't know if you follow him yeah yeah like yeah like skateboarder uh freaking even like a. Uh, outside of skateboarding like the i don't i hate to use this term but like extreme sports i guess yeah yeah like you probably follow uh jared swafford or swafford yep. yeah yeah same i mean he dude he was like a, a big bmxer like not long ago and he's he's all about the swim baits so it's it's a weird phenomenon i, I can't explain it but yeah a lot I of mean, uh, like, you got you got guys who are who are making music like i mean making music producing music uh you know editors like it's just i don't know what it is but something just seems to draw like all these people whether it's kind of like the the weird thing that that you do as far as like the fishing world or like the non um non-common thing maybe or yeah I don't, dude i don't know what the draw is but i feel like there's there's a heavy presence of that stuff in the swim bait world especially yeah i think it's just being different going against mm -hmm. the grain is like not trying to sound like edgy or something oh, but yeah, cool get stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like for me it's not even like trying to be cool it's just like like i don't know man i don't want to be like every other person you know like every other guy throwing a white spinnerbait down the bank not all like on top of all that like i want to catch fish so i'm not going to do what everyone else is doing like i'm going to try and appeal to fish that see those white spinner baits and freaking green pumpkin senkos all the time and try to do something different than that to get bites from those fish like yeah. the big smart ones you know yeah exactly and when you got into it was that the mindset right off the bat or was it just kind of like oh this is cool uh, i might be able to catch a couple fish on it or had the mindset always been these fish, I had to order this thing from California. These fish have never seen anything like this in my waters. Is that kind of where you came from with that idea? Uh, no, not really. I think in the beginning, I think the mindset was I want to catch a giant bass. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing these other people catch giant bass, like, you know, all the big Oliver Nye, freaking Butch Brown. Like, I'm seeing all these people have <laughs> great success with big fish on big baits. So I want to catch big fish. So that's what I want to do. I, I definitely think it was more of that. Just trying to catch a giant 
Yeah, I I think I think the videos that's kind of what got me into it, and then after that, it was like, dude, I live I live in a tiny little town in the middle of BFE, Northern Michigan. Like, I bet you these fish have never seen this before. I think I'll be able to trick a lot of big fish into eating, and then it just kind of you know snowballed from there, like exclusively. Like that's all I had fished for the longest time was just swim baits. Yeah, yeah. As time went on, that definitely became more of a reality. Like oh shit, I might be the only one or one of the few doing this. So obviously yeah. I'm going to be appealing to a group of like a group of pressured fish that might not have seen this before. So yeah, it's that became more and more apparent as time goes on. And that not to get off subject with the swim bait thing, but that goes for super light tackle too. And mm. I've heard, I've heard Milliken talk about this sort of thing, but like my two options or at least my two options for like going on a year now or going super finesse or just going big with the, with the big baits. Yeah. Like I've caught most of my fish doing one of those two things. Like most of my big fish doing one of those two things. Yeah. You caught like a, almost a 10 last year on a finesse, on a finesse jig, right? No, that was a, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, uh, yeah. War Eagle finesse jig. Yeah. That fish was like 9.9, about as close to 10 as it could freaking be without being a 10, but yeah, that was uh, a 10. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, dude. Yeah, that was uh yeah, just a little finesse jig. So yeah, that goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. And then earlier this year, um I'm I'm glad we're doing this now as opposed to three weeks ago, because I would have been more hesitant to spill the beans. But yeah, yeah. So we've been throwing it's dude, it's just a crappie jig. Like that's I'm not gonna name the brand outright as to what it is, but it's basically just a crappie jig and mm-hmm. You, you got to have live scope to target the, like these suspended fish, but yeah, eight yeah. pound test, freaking crappie jig, just little, basically just a little baby fluke. Like just we did that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's still on like a, like a medium action, like bass spinning rod, but yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just crappie fishing, just a little bit of a heavier application. But yeah, um, I caught an 1146 doing that and oh yeah, that was like the end of February, and then I netted a thirteen thirty three for my buddy. Um, I think that was like the beginning of February, and then lots of like eights and nines sprinkled in, like just so yeah, many thirty, so many thirty plus pound bags. Like I, I lost count. I mean, I think we were up to like five or six different days where we had thirty plus pound bags. A ton of days with like twenty five pound bags. Like it, it was just stupid. For, Pretty much the whole month of like February was just that's all we had. Like that's all we were doing was just freaking crappie fishing basically for giant bass. It was yeah. sick. And I guess is is there anybody else in, in your area that, that seems to be on fish, whether it's on the finesse stuff or on swim baits like this, or are you guys kind of like cornering cornering these lakes and in, in getting these big fish to come out or are there other people kind of starting to catch on and maybe catching fish around the same class um i mean i'm sure a lot of people work in the shadows and like don't have instagram and all that and like put it out there like like me and some of my buddies do but and i don't want to sound like arrogant or like i'm the only one that's got it figured out because i'm not the only jackass out there with live scope like yeah yeah anyone with live scope can can figure something out and, and catch a big one every once in a while but dude like i was looking at this lake i fish they have tournaments there like every freaking weekend dude 
And I'd look at the tournament results just to see how, like, my bag did compared to their bag. And, dude, I, it kind of made me sick after a while because, like, I would have won, like, almost all of those tournaments that I was looking at. Like, Oh, my gosh. It would be like a 17 or 18-pound ba- bag would win, which is still a nice bag. And then I doubled I'm, it. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm looking at my bag, and it's like 25, 30, like 30. Or, or not just mine, but, you know, me and whoever I fished with. And I'm like, man. Like we're doing something right. Like we're <laughs> this whole uh, this whole crappie fishing for bass thing is is definitely uh, its own niche thing. Like I don't know if anyone's figured it out or if anyone's even doing it right. Like that stuff is people with live scope. They want that instant. Like they want that feedback that an Alabama rig or that a big swim bait on a jig head or something yeah, gives you. Yeah. So I I think people kind of struggle when it comes to like a lot of those smaller baits like what i'm talking about on live scope so i that's why part of me just believes that no one's really doing it like that like i don't know you you know you can't ever spend you can't be in everyone's boat at the same time so who knows what they're doing but just looking at results tournament results compared to how i was doing on those same days like i think we definitely were we had it figured out we were dialed yeah and i Wow, let's get back to the beginning because there's there's some uh, forward-facing sonar questions I want to ask you. But yeah. so when you got into the swim bait fishing and stuff and, and you were catching fish and nobody else was really doing it around your area, were you catching a lot of good fit? I guess like good fish, like five, seven pound mark, or was it still, were you still weeding through a lot of small fish? Um, Dude, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna say I was like people are still catch like people always catch big fish on conventional. Yeah. But some of the lakes I was going to, I mean, yeah, I, I felt like I was catching bigger fish than maybe other people on swim baits, if that's what you're asking. Like again, it's hard to know what everyone I'm not outside of my immediate friend group, like it's hard to know what everyone else is doing. But all I know is I was seeing results, whether it's a three pound fish, a five pound fish, or a freaking eight pound fish, like I was seeing those results and that's really all that mattered to me, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And when you, when you got into it, was it, um, like a tool on your deck? Like it seems like you've kind of grown into now or were you always trying to force feed the swim bait? Uh, no, it was definitely just the tool on the deck. That's still what it is, dude. I'm so you're basically asking like, am, am I like, swim bait only type like yeah yeah there were you i knew you weren't now but i didn't know if it had changed when you got into it no not really i i think it's always just kind of been i i've always had it on my deck like it it won't ever not be on my deck but it's not the only thing i it, no i i never just dedicated like my entire there, there'd be days you know where i'm like okay yeah, i'm just yeah. gonna bring but as far as doing that for like f- entire seasons no i i never really did that i always I had my mix of conventional and, and swim baits. I, I keep it all available. I keep the doors open. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard a lot of times, um, especially like up here, dude, it was hard not to bring a drop shot when I'd go fish the pier heads or, or a lipless crankbait, because I know, I knew there was smallmouth down there locked onto this rip and wrap that maybe wouldn't come up and eat a 68 or come up and eat uh, a 10 inch taxi trout or a 250. And it's like, well, dude, I'm, I'm not saying I'm I'm not gonna turn down like a three pound smallmouth on a spinning rod. Like that's not who I am. I'll do that. I don't I don't give a shit. And so there was a point in time where I was like 
swim baits a lot of the time, but I never shied away from the conventional stuff. And this year, I'm like, dude, like I'm not gonna turn down a three, four pound smallmouth on a on a little popper. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I don't care if it's on a swim bait or not. Yeah, that shit's fun, man. I mean, I still like catching them on a freaking wacky rig, dude. Like I I just I'm gonna do whatever it takes t- as far as being ethical. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do whatever it takes to to catch the biggest fish that I'm that I'm trying to catch. Like whether that's a freaking Senko or a drop shot or a jig or a canine. Like that's that's what I'm gonna reach for. I just you just read the water every day. Like every day's different. Um so yeah, I just I keep all that stuff available. Um I try to have it on me and and I just figure it out when I show up to the lake every day. Yeah, man, for sure. And I guess the next question being when did you get, uh, or when did you first experience the forward-facing sonar? Did you get it first, or did you fish with a buddy before you got it, or kind of when did that experience happen for you? Yeah, I I fished uh, one of my one of my buddies that I fished, probably the guy I fished with the most. Uh, shout out Baker's Fishing, but uh, yeah, he got it on his boat first, and I think I had it on my boat like a month later. I was like, I gotta get this shit. It was dope. Damn. And was that just like a crazy experience to to be able to see these fish and cast at them? Maybe maybe not necessarily catch them, but to know they're there. Yes. So for me, it was just, and it's it's still this way for me. It's it's more about fishing cover and structure, and knowing how a certain bank transitions, or no, knowing how a certain bank sets up, or or even just finding brush piles like that that was my first impression of it it's like this is huge for brush pile fishing or offshore fishing like i mean it's nice to be able to just cast at fish but it's not reality to just go out there drop the trolling motor and see fish swimming around and casting at them like most time dude they're they're hiding in the rocks or they're hiding in cover but just knowing where that stuff is and how it sets up like i instantly seen the value in that from day one with live scope yeah and i think that's like I I've only experienced it once and, but I understand that it's, it's a tool in the arsenal. It's going to help, help anglers out, but it, it's not causing these fish to jump in the live. Well, like you gotta, you gotta scan the lake. You gotta find laydowns. You gotta fish the laydowns. You gotta get baits down there. You gotta entice the bite. It's not, uh, an end all thing. Like, dude, if, if I had a boat, dude, <laughs> I would have it. I, I would not, not go out a second without, if I had the ability to get it, dude, fuck no, it'd be on my boat right away. Yeah, dude. It's if you, I heard someone else put it this way and it, that this really resonated well with me, but if you value your time on the water mm-hmm. and you, and, and it's within your means and you can afford it and all that good stuff, like, like, why would you not have it? Like it, it's it's the same as like me going out with a freaking cane pole compared to like the setups I have. Like, yeah, why would you not put yourself in the best position to have the best possible day you can have? And if that, I mean, if that, if people want to call it cheating or, or you've heard it all, man, we've all heard yeah. it all at this point. <laughs> like, that's fine. I mean, that's all good. Like, that it's it's not what people think it is by any means. And I'm not trying to get on here and go on a huge rant about live scope because. No, you're good. <laughs> we we've all heard it man everyone has their rants everyone is, is either against it or for it but yeah if if you value your time man in this day and age like you gotta have it like especially now it's becoming more affordable like 
newer models are coming out so previous models are yeah. yeah like most people can afford it at this point like you just you gotta have it like i don't see why you wouldn't want it yeah and it was always super i mean i i'd understood the mindset of wanting it since it came out because like growing up ice fishing without a little vexlar dude and it was like you'd go out and you'd fish you'd freeze your ass off for seven hours and catch like three crappie and then you know you save up three hundred dollars and you buy you buy a, a fish finder and you go out and and you catch those three crappie in the first ten minutes you're out there, and it's like holy shit like like this is gonna pay for itself so quick as far as like enjoyment entertainment and just having fun dude like it's it's the same exact thing and I feel like people down south who who don't really have that experience because like that experience up north when you fish with a fish finder for the first time like on ice. And then you go the next year and you don't have a fish finder, dude, it feels like you're a caveman. It's like, why the hell did I even come out here? Like, this is no fun at all. Dude, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm, I'm a, I've never got to ice fish, but I'm obsessed with life with ice fishing. Like I, I love watching, have you watched uh, uncut angling? Oh dude, I love Aaron. Aaron's the fucking, fucking love his videos. I, I wish he uploaded more. I love that guy. Like probably one of the most entertaining YouTubers, but yeah, going back to the live scope stuff, I, that's the point I made early on. It's like ice fishermen have kind of been like, you can kind of, it's not live scope, but as far as like real time sonar, like yeah, knowing downward. what's below you yeah. and watching the fish interact and getting that instant feedback. Like you guys have been doing that forever. Like you, you can do that with 2d sonar. A lot of mm -hmm. people don't know that. Like that's not a new thing. Yeah, man. It's just like, I don't know, technology and, and people want technology to stop and it hasn't for the last 40 years. So why is it going to stop for a fish finder? That's just, that's how yeah. I really thought of it. Like, whatever, you just take it in stride if you don't like it and cry yourself a river, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say like, just to kind of see everyone's point of view on it. I think with crappie fishing, they're, they're going to have to adjust limits, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. You go out there and you watch, you watch Josh Jones catch like 25 in a matter of a half hour. It's like, dude, holy it's, shit. It's stupid. Like, I, that's what I tell everyone. I'm like, bass fishing with live scope does not feel like cheating at all. But crappie fishing with live scope kind of feels like cheating sometimes. Like, that, that shit is kind of easy. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it's, it's a cheat code to have live scope and go cross. Yeah, yeah. Just put the trolling motor on two and follow the school around. If they're moving from structure, just, you know, spot lock right onto a 20 foot structure and just absolutely beat the piss out of them. Like, yeah, dude, it's and, wicked. And they eat too. Like a bass, yeah, yeah. like nine times out of 10, a bass is probably going to swerve you and flip you off. But crappie, probably nine out of every 10 crappie you drop on are probably going to eat. And if At they're least, not going to eat, you cut off your chartreuse chicken, and you put on a hot pink one, and they'll eat it. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like, at least that's just been my. I, I'm. I mean, I'm sure I'll get humbled sometime with the crappie fishing. I, I'm sure it's not that way on every lake, and I'm sure it's a grind sometimes, just like everything else. But for the most part, that's been my my experience of crappie fishing with live scope. Yeah, and and before you got live scope was um had your had your style of swim bait fishing or just fishing in general changed like were you kind of one of those guys who fished that 10 foot depth and in shallower and then when you got live tar or live scope did you kind of adjust and start fishing deeper um like uh structure and stuff or has it kind of always been the same um i don't with swim baits i don't think it really changed it too much because even before live scope, like my MO and anyone that's ever fished with me will know this. Like I try to fish 
I'm I'm a huge I'm huge on like those 45 degree banks or like steep like bluff style walls yeah, that yeah. lead to deep water. Like that's been before I had LifeScope, that was that was my thing and that's still my thing, but one thing it has done is it's kind of opened up doors as far as like understanding new spots or finding new spots because you might look at something on the bank that doesn't really look like that style of bank that that we're talking about and then you pull up on it with live scope you're like oh shit that is a huge transition into deep water like i never really i never seen it that way like even going over it with 2d or like side scan like i i I didn't understand that it looked like that and now i know so now i'm gonna fish here like the same way i fish everywhere else with a big glide or something um and i will say probably the one exception to that has been the canine with with uh with the lip in big lip yeah that chain live scope did change the way i fish that bait with the lip in because now i'm able to fish that bait over a brush pile like if a brush pile is sitting in 20 feet of water i can add whatever amount of weight i need to to a canine stick the lip in and i can crank that canine right over the top of that brush pile and we've caught a lot of fish doing that too or um even like targeting like a deep grass line like it's with that lip in on a canine it's it's kind of changed the game on that too that's actually how i caught my uh my first dd was fishing deep grass grass lines with the canine just following on live scope keeping it right on the edge of that grass Damn, dude, that sounds that just is so fun. Do you know who Bo Sprayer Sprayer is from uh, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, I've seen him post uh, pass to catches and stuff on on Universe. Yeah, he's he's super big into the forward facing, like cranking stuff down into log jams and stuff. And dude, like just watching those videos, it's it's kind of like watching Aaron Weeb stuff. It's like all right, like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go try this. Like I want to go do this. I'm like, I don't have any 20 foot, 30 foot deep structures. I don't have a boat or forward facing sonar, but I'm going to do this. Like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to experience this. Yeah. That's how, you know, a video is good is if it makes you want to get up off the couch and go out there. Yeah. And when, when you first got it, did you, uh, did you spend a lot of time breaking down water scanning for, for these brush piles and stuff, or was it more of fishing, like these areas that you normally wouldn't, you'd see a brush pile. You're like, oh, there's some fish on it. I'm gonna crank down, and, and you kind of figured it out that way. Yeah, it was it was still a lot of fishing the same areas that I've always fished, and just understanding them differently. Like, oh shit, I didn't even know that was there. I've been fishing this spot for the last five years, and I've caught a lot of fish here. And now, now it makes sense why I caught fish here. There's a brush pile right there that I've just just been lucky enough to be fishing around this whole time and never yeah, even knew never it. hooked. <laughs> yeah yeah that that that's yeah that's a good uh good point that you brought up it definitely made me realize why i've caught fish on spots that have have always been so good like that i never really understood why they were good i guess and then you see something on live scope you're like oh that makes sense like now i know why that was good yeah and as far as it sounds like uh you crappie fish a little bit like you have you have some spots where you go catch crappie by the sounds of it yeah yeah here and there i mean I don't do it near as often as I bass fish, but yeah, yeah. mainly when I want to fry some fish, I'll go crappie fishing. Right. And do you notice that those spots hold maybe not big bass, but they hold bass like ju- just as well as, as other spots you fish or do you primarily fish these spots just cause they have crappie or is it like you see, you see a structure and you see uh, a school of specs around it and you go fish it? Yeah. Yeah. With crappie fishing, dude, I'm just side scanning for brush piles and then just pulling up on the brush pile. Like, and a lot of the lakes I go fish for crappie, they don't have big bass. Like they, mm. they're they not known to have big bass. So 
No, those those normally haven't gone hand in hand for me, to be honest with you. Damn, yeah, dude. I dude, I couldn't imagine, you know, hooking seven pound bass on a 14 foot crappie rod or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the lakes that we go to here in the city, a, a buddy of mine, he he hooked into probably like a like a four and a half or a five pounder. And yeah, those things whoop your ass on those big freaking cane poles or whatever you want. Those big long ass. That's what I use. Like I got a couple 14 footers that it, they just make it easy to, you know, reach right over the top of the pile. But yeah, big, big fish whoop your ass on those rods. Yeah, dude, that's, that's for sure. And going off the, the deep fishing thing, had, had that changed? Like when, when you first got into it, you said, uh, you were fishing these baits and did did your style of fishing like bait wise like did you fish more glide baits or more crank downs when you got forward facing sonar so you were able to get down to these fish more or have you always just kind of stuck around the same stuff you started with um yeah it, it probably opened the door as far as fishing baits deeper like a little bit deeper because now i'm not as worried about getting them hung up i guess like i can yeah. follow a bait and make sure i'm not getting like getting my shit wrapped up in rocks or trees or whatever so yeah it, it changed that and then another thing is it it makes 20 foot like not seem so deep if that makes sense yeah for sure like like where before like dude 20 like 15 foot and deeper to me was like that's super deep but mm -hmm. now it's like 30 and 40 foot is super deep so it kind of changed you it changes your perception as to what's a deep if that makes sense yeah for sure and we've talked a lot about the like cranking down canines and stuff down there what uh do you fish any of your glide baits deep do you put lead strips on there and, and glide them around uh piles or is it mostly just crank down stuff like the k9 yeah it's mostly just yeah for deep stuff it's it's really just k9 or a big or like battle shot or something like a big soft bait yeah. I, i've seen millican and other guys do the uh like the lead wire on hook thing and mm -hmm. i've always wanted to dabble with it i just i don't know why i haven't to be honest with you i should like i should go play around with that because i know it works we've all seen it work if we watch freaking millican but yeah yeah <laughs> no dude that's something i haven't done unfortunately i need to right and and when you're fishing the k9 uh obviously big lip are you doing uh like the stock whale tail up or what 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 way are you setting up the teak or the k9 to get down there and how are you fishing it around the structure are you straight reeling or do you kind of dead walking it when it gets down there or how do you go about that yeah so with the lip in there's two major ways that i do it um one is with the v-tail mm -hmm. with that bit i i kind of look at that as more of like a finesse even though there's nothing finesse about a nine inch swim bait like yeah. the v-tail is is a little bit more finesse like it doesn't to me anyways it doesn't seem to like roll and wobble as hard yeah so for that i'll do like a super slow reel like a super slow retrieve you can still dead walk it with the v-tail um and then for something more aggressive like like i guess more warmer water summertime type stuff mm -hmm. that's when I'll, I'll utilize like that stock whale tail and that bait it, it, with the lip in and the whale tail the dead walk really comes alive like you can crank it down real fast kill it dead walk it crank it some more and i i was doing that before live scope too i, yeah. I caught my first uh my first fish over eight pounds on a swim bait was doing that just casting into a into oblivion over some grass and just hard crank kill it walk it hard crank like just doing that I, I caught a lot of fish like that it's interesting with how you dead walk yours and how like i like dude if i'm dead walking a bait it's the v tail and then it's the short lip and i just 
I fish it just like a spook, probably a little bit slower than that, obviously. And I assume you're probably fishing a low float K9. Yeah, yeah, I have a I have a high float TK that I never ever throw. So yeah, all all my K9s are all the low float. Yeah, I got I got a high float TK, and I'm like, oh, I don't know why they even made this bait. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not going <laughs> to use it very much. That's for sure. And I'm obviously I'll put lead strip and uh, some some storm storm strips on it. But I'm like, this thing's weird. I'm not fishing it how 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 it's supposed to. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if guys. Yeah, I don't really know. There's not a lot of info out there on them. I don't know if guys are waking them or or if they're like speed cranking them and fishing them like a big square bill or something. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. There, it's like the DRT stuff. There, there's so many options out there, and there's so much stuff. It's kind of hard to find somebody who who's not fishing it like the two or three main ways. It's like, all right, I know there's somebody out there fishing it. You know, with uh, with like maybe. Do you, have you fished the transfer tail at all? Yeah, I love the transfer tail. I've dude, dude I've, I've got these things. To I, it. Yeah, I. I keep the canine tied on pretty much year round, dude. Like I've, I've experimented, I've, I've experimented and caught fish on pretty much just about every, every way you can set them up. Like, yeah. Transfer tail. I mean, pretty much how they advertised it. Um, just like a hard crank yeah. and then kill it. And it just shoots out almost like a, like a normal glide would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That thing gets smashed. It's just that pure reaction. I, I, I love fishing, especially in the summer when they're up in the grass. I love the transfer tail. Yeah, dude. And and like I was saying, the DRT stuff, there are just so many available options to fish it. It's it's hard to to pick one and like you'll you'll maybe you'll fish it one way for like an hour or two hours and then you'll flip the tail around and you catch a fish right away and you're like, son of a bitch, dude, I knew I should have been fishing it that way, like more <laughs> subtle or more thumb. Or yeah. It's going down a foot deeper and it's like son of a bitch yeah dude you could do like entire one hour seminars on the freaking drt baits like educating because people get them and they just don't know like yeah yeah and i i like i've had friends get them and you know I, you've probably seen people talk shit on them like some people mm -hmm. hate them and yeah. it's just they just don't know i mean it's that's how it is with something that has freaking 20 something ways to rig it like you just you just don't know what the what the possibilities are but yeah, dude. I saw I saw a post the other day a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember where it was, but it was like it was a breakdown of how to fish it like normal. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And then you can you can put a toothpick in the bottom of the tail uh, tail wedge. So it's on an upward angle or a downward angle. And it fishes this type type of way, too. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> are like it's just like a Rubik's Cube, dude. There are so many options to the puzzle. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I have not man. I haven't dove off that deep into the rabbit hole like messing with toothpicks and all yeah, that I, yeah. I just i just play around with the with the different tails and lips and then of course you know the stick on weights that's about as far as i've gone down the wormhole on that one yeah that's about the same here so i'm like if i'm if i'm trying to go to school to learn how to fish this thing i i fish <laughs> the way i know how to it's okay yeah. that's why i said dude, you could do a whole freaking expo on how to fish the drt baits you probably get a lot of a lot of people sign up for that one. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and, and so going to the, the soft bait stuff, because we haven't talked about that at all, was that like a major major factor when you got into it? Or were you kind of, uh, what's the word here? Were you kind of turned off by them? Because, dude, I don't know what it is, but guys are like, 
absolutely scared of of soft soft swim baits for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what the reasoning is. And did you kind of get into it right away when you got into swim baits, or was it something you kind of had to warm up to? It's definitely. I definitely had to warm up to it. Like we've all fished with mag drafts and the freaking like the the six inch freestyles when those came out. Like those yeah. were fairly easy to catch fish on. But yeah, like the giant like seven plus inch soft baits were definitely. And I I just had. I mean. I could envision getting bit on them. Like I could see why fish would eat them. I just had trouble getting bit on them. Um, but I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a one trick pony with the, with the big soft baits. So I just like the battle shads, like battle shads and the citizens. That's, that's about as far as my soft bait game goes. Um, just slow rolling them, bumping rocks, bumping structure. Like they definitely get bit. I've caught nice fish on them. Um, but that one, that is one thing that seems to be key with the big soft baits is like, maintaining bottom contact or mm -hmm. bumping off of something like almost fishing it like a big spinner bait or something i guess yeah dude for sure i i i love the huds and i never have actually fished a battle shad or a citizen but I, I got some citizens i'm actually playing with one right now and i'm like dude i'm just looking at it and i'm like yeah i feel like i could probably catch some small moth and some pike with this thing like i'm i'm so excited to to mess around with with more than just the Huddlestons and stuff because it's something I've always wanted to do. I just never really got into it because the glide bait presence was just so hard to beat in my area. Yeah, yeah. If you're around clear water, dude, like it's it's hard to beat a a, a glide or a big big hard bait. But yeah, the uh, the battle shads and the citizens, man, they they get bit. I mean, that's like I said, that's like really all I mess with. I've I haven't really messed with the wedge tail stuff too much, like like the huds. And I, I've got a uh, a Nate's shad, like the big Nate's baits shad. Oh yeah, yeah. And dude, I've thrown that thing and thrown that thing, and it's a great bait, has great action, but I just don't have the confidence in it for whatever reason. Yeah, dude. I remember catching a couple fish on an eight inch hud, and I thought I was Mister Big Dick, dude. Like I remember going <laughs> home and I ordered a ten inch, and that thing came in the mail or I got, ordered it, bought it from somebody, whatever, dude. And I got this thing and I'm like, holy shit, that <laughs> thing is huge. Like an eight inch, an eight inch HUD compared to a six inch HUD, that's massive. But when you go from an eight to a 10, it's like, holy shit, that is an absolute unit of a soft bait. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, I've got a couple of the, uh, like the, or the 10 inch mag drafts hanging on my wall. Yeah, I, I, I ordered them from the hookup. I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch on these like 10 inches ain't that big. And I got them in my hand. I'm like, yeah, it, it's kind of reversed to what I said earlier about, about the, the hard uh, baits. <laughs> yeah, like big soft baits. It's like I it's just hard to at least with the hard baits, you've got freaking treble hooks all over them. But with these mm -hmm. big soft baits, it's like one hook. I'm like, how is the fish going to get this thing down and actually get a hook? Like, I, <laughs> it doesn't seem as feasible. Yeah, dude. And like it's uh especially like that's how i feel like with the citizens and stuff because it is just the jig hook whereas like the huddleston you can do mods and stuff to it and whatever but it's just like dude it, the videos like if they want to eat a uh, a nine inch battle shad they're going to they don't give a shit what like what what kind of hook is there they're gonna they're gonna get hooked one way or another it seems like yeah i i think when they eat a soft bait i think that's them actually wanting to eat that bait we're like them eating a glide or, or, or like striking at a glide. I, yeah, I think it's just reaction curiosity. But most of my most of my bites on on the battle shads, like they they get that thing down, dude. Like I, I was throwing the only fish I've ever caught on the nine inch. Um, my buddy had it tied on on the deck one night last year. I was like, "Can I throw that thing?" He's like, "Yeah, go for it." 
And so I, I wasn't expecting shit. Like it's a freaking nine inch soft bait. I just couldn't even, I couldn't even see how they could get it down and get a hook. But maybe like 10 minutes later, I'm just reeling that thing over some grass and just feel that one thump, dude. Just slack yeah. line, drill into it. It was like a seven and a half big freaking big head summertime skinny fish. But yeah, from then on, I'm like, okay, like I'm, that's all the confidence I needed. Like we're good <laughs> yeah. to go now. Yeah, dude. It, and that's like the other thing. Uh, you you have you catch one fish on a on a K nine or two fifty or nine inch battle shad, and it's just like you get flooded with confidence. You're like, oh, dude, fuck. ten like ten inch Huddleston. Oh, I caught one on that last year. I don't have a single problem picking it up in you know thirty three degree water, and I'll fish that thing. I caught a fish on it last year. It's not that big. And it's yeah. like once you get that like stow of confidence, it's it's hard to to lose it. Like, and it just it just becomes so infectious with everything swimbait related. I feel like. Yeah, it just snowballs. And like the like what you said at the beginning of our conversation, like you look back at those teeth marks and it's just the teeth marks are a constant reminder, dude. Like this thing will get bit. Like that's all I need to see is a little bit of rash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any preference? Like what what's your guys' water clarity? Like what's the water setup like out there? Um, so one of the lakes I fish it's super super clear like maybe not clear to what your guys' standards are up there but yeah probably like 10 to 15 fit viz when it's good oh, yeah yeah and it's like a super i say super deep there's pockets in it that are like 70 foot deep but it's got like super deep grass and i don't know if it's hydrilla or i, I don't i don't know i'm not a freaking not a biologist not a bi <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what kind of grass it is but i just know they love that shit but yeah, that's uh that's the clearest place I fish. And in the other lake that I fish a lot that I throw swim baits at, it's probably like five to six ish when it's good. Okay. D have you especially with that clear water, um, do you have any preference in color or anything? Like are you just, you know, a, a bone bait fish is just as good as a, a perch or bluegill, crappie, whatever color? Or do you have preferences on what you're what you're getting? Um I I'm real big on realism, man. Like I'm not the type to throw like a pink bait or like something yeah. off the wall like that. Like my, my biggest producer over the last couple of years has been, uh, that joy thief color canine. Yep. And it's, it's yeah. just a silver. I mean, that's all it is. And you can replicate so many things with that. Um, like that, that first lake I mentioned, that's super clear with the deep grass. It, it doesn't have shad. It's they eat bluegill in that lake, but I don't ever throw bluegill colors. I just throw those silvers and those whites or just, I, I try to at least be somewhat natural, you know? Um, and then especially lakes with shad, like I'm just going to throw a shad color all day. Like whatever tone of shad color that is, I don't get super obsessive over it, but yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I, I've caught, I mean, that 250 I was talking about, uh, that was a, that was a cotton candy 250. And I caught a bunch of fish on it, but I feel like the one color that I've caught fish on, no matter if it's up at home or three hours down South where I live now, dude, bone, like just resin bone. I've caught so many fish on resin bone. It just is an absolute staple for me. I don't know if it's cause I like the way it glows or what, but I, I've yet to find fish who, who aren't a fan of it. Yeah, bone's a killer, man. Bone and white, like uh, that's always a good option too. I don't have that many bone or white colored swim baits, but even going back to the conventional stuff, like freaking bone whopper plopper, like a bone yeah. spook, like all that type of stuff, like that's all 
like yeah we've been throwing that stuff forever so why wouldn't it work with a big swim bait yeah and it's hard to um i mean unless you know the builder or you get like on a paint drop or whatever it's kind of hard to get a straight resin bait because you gotta they obviously they paint them up to order and stuff so it's kind of it's challenging but dude all the ones i've had man it's it's fucking lights out with them it's ridiculous yeah, I know a, a buddy of mine. He has a few of the uh, like the bone colored Chad Shads. Oh yeah, and yeah, and we went to Lake of the Ozarks to fish that big bass bash tournament that's up mm-hmm. there. Yep, and dude, he he waxed my ass with that freaking bone colored uh, uh, Chad Shad. Like it made me wish I had one. Like, he was just slaying fish like the whole time with that thing. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh, especially like in that like tannic water where there's like you know three foot four foot of visibility yes that literally just it glows that like that's the only thing you can say is that fuck it it glows in the water yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and that's and that's what that was like all most of those ozark lakes it like that's what the water looks like yeah and so yeah yeah that that's nothing new man like people been people been on the bone colored stuff at the ozark lakes for a long time like that's no secret yeah, exactly, man. It's uh, bones just that hard, hard color to to stop because it's just so just produces so so freaking much. Uh, Absolutely, it's it's hard, man. But what are I mean? We've talked about like the big fish you've caught and, and the the way you like to fish and your styles of fishing. What uh, what are the setups that you go to for for swim baits and then like w- maybe one of your favorite conventional setups that you like to use that your that's like your favorite. Uh, so rods and reels. Um... Dude, I don't have a whole lot of options. Um, right now I have I use a, a Mega Bass Orochi, like the Leviathan for my yep. the Orochi Leviathan model for my big soft baits. And then uh of course the the gold standard, the Dobbins eight oh six for uh hard baits and treble hook baits. Mm-hmm. And then I've I've got a few F fives that I go back and forth on. I y- you know about F five, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's out of Oklahoma. So. Yeah. I, was about to say, I didn't figure he's too far from from your area, or at least this, I knew he was in Oklahoma. Yeah. He's he's actually up in the city. So I've I've met Brad a few times. He's he's a really good dude. Um. So I like to I like to support his stuff. And then uh yeah my my favorite swim bait combo I've got a man I feel like I'm flexing right now but <laughs> I've I've got a freaking a uh, Mega Bass Destroyer Blackjack. Okay, and then uh, with a with an Antares on it, Ooh. A, a monster driving Terrace, dude. Mm-hmm. I freaking love this thing. Like me and my buddy that I fish with a lot, we both have. He's got a few of them, but at some point during the day when we fish together, one of us will be like, "Man, this reel's so sick!" Like <laughs> randomly, just, yeah, just dude, yeah, because they cast everything. Like, I mean, for the money, like, yeah, they they better cast everything, but they really right. are. Uh, a, a great performing reel and then um my other my other reels that i have on pretty much all my other stuff are the the scorpion monster drive which is like oh, yeah, yeah the red one right yeah yeah it's it's just a japanese tranks is yep. all it is but i freaking love these things i mean they're a little more a little more tricked out than the tranks and if you order them from japan they're cheaper yeah. So why why would like why would I tell everyone I'm like don't buy a tranks dude buy that freaking 300 size scorpion from Japan tackle or whatever it's like 60 bucks cheaper and it's it's better like it's got a f- few more options on it so yeah I know that uh, those grapplers I don't even know if they still actually make them but that was the like the the Japanese JDM version of the tranks 
and everybody I talked to, they liked the grappler way more than they liked the the tranks. The trank, I, I don't know. I had a two hundred size and it was okay, but I haven't. I mean, it was it was a Corrado. It, that's what it felt like. It was a Corrado two hundred. So yeah. Like, whatever. I maybe maybe the three hundred and four hundred feel a little bit better, but what are they? Are they? How much are they? Like two ninety or something? For uh, for the tranks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like for the 300 tranks, yeah, I think it's like 280. And I, I had one of those too, um, but it had that stupid power handle power on it, handle. which I hated. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, and at the time, when I had that reel, I was like, there's no way I'm buying a freaking DRT handle or something. So I ended up getting rid of that one. But yeah, I, I hated that power handle. I don't know why they only make that, or why they make that the only option on that higher gear ratio tranks. Yeah, dude, it's, I don't know. I When I when i was like getting into swimbait fishing really heavily i bought a uh, a daiwa lexa win 400 and it had the big power handle knob on it and i never had any problems with it it was a stupid big reel for the baits i was fishing and i got it for like it was like when gander mountain was going out of business so i got it for like 150 bucks and i did not realize how expensive a reel it was dude and i caught so many damn fish on that thing and i never had a problem with the power knob engaging which uh reading everybody's thoughts yeah. on, on those reels i was i was a very lucky man for that <laughs> yeah i did yeah i think ever most people that have had a big ass power handle on a reel have probably kapowed a bait into oblivion yeah yeah that power handle engages mid cast i had it happen <laughs> i had it happen like last year with a reel i have a, a an abu toro monster or whatever the hell it is and i had that thing engage mid cast and it like i was so shell shocked i was like what the fuck just happened yeah <laughs> Oh, I had it in like that little, you know, ten o'clock position, and that thing snapped on the on the cast, and I'm like, I am so lucky that fucking bait's still attached to the line. Yeah, I've only done that once. I I have uh, I dude, I'm freaking bougie. I have the uh, the DRT handles on my shit, but yeah, I don't know if they they seem like they weigh a little more with a stock handle. So I'm not trying to blame them but i i did that last summer with a mm-hmm. freaking one of the battle shads i was talking about that i lost dude i could that thing i just reared back and i was just trying to make a bomb cast and dude it, it's like lightning striking when that freaking 25 pound fluoro breaks yeah dude that that shit's wicked i picked up uh my buddy has a uh just a leviathan medium heavy with a daiwa z 2020 with uh drt knobs on it and dude i picked that thing up and it's crazy how much those knobs make reels feel like massively big. Like I picked them up and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, I feel like these are like power knobs. Like I can make a fist around these things. And it's just because like, I'm, I'm super used to the Corrado, the little baby knobs that they put on there. Right. I I could probably get used to it. Like I probably should, but it's like, man, those, that was like for a first impression. I was like, damn, these things feel massive on here. Yeah, and do they serve any actual purpose other than looking yeah, fucking yeah. cool? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest, man. Like, yeah, they look sick. They're awesome, but I don't know if they, if they really like, like on the, on the old on the old Chronarch uh, E's, like with those little. I don't know if you've ever felt one, but they have like tiny, tiny knobs on them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at one right now. One of the old white ones. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I mean, maybe it's not that real, but like those one of those older Corrados or just Shimano reels in general have like super tiny knobs on it, and I feel like that would be very beneficial to put on like put on that reel because I feel like those those knobs are smaller than the stock ones they put on now. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on with that. Yeah, now like most of these reels, you, have you seen the new? Uh, I think it's the new Calcutta that's just now coming out. It's like a Calcutta Monster Drive. 
Oh but no, it, I don't think I've seen it. it. It's just coming out this year, but they're they're basically putting like the same style of like DRT or like Gomexis type handle. Like they're they're putting that on the real stock. Oh, I'm so sure I, I see that. Yeah, I seen that. I'm like, well, shit. Like that's just the way to. I mean, that's the way to go. Like if it's coming with it already on it, oh, like then shit, I don't got to yeah. swap the handle out. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Damn, there's there's another yeah. company I'm trying to think of who I guess like kind of uh, lose kind of has like those big golf knobs on them, which is okay. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's like that same style of like oversized knobs, dude. As yeah. time goes on, we're just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger knobs. <laughs> just like just like wheels on a car, dude. Just pimp yeah. that shit out. Exactly. <laughs> Make it look sick. Oh shit, man. <laughs> but uh, is is there anything? Oh, what what line are you running? I'm sure it's probably different for all your setups, but what's kind of your general consistency, whether it's brand or, or pound or whatever, just walk through, walk us through all of them. Um, my gold standard pretty much on every, like anything from like two to like five or six ounces, pretty much all my glide stuff. I'm doing a 20 pound, uh, a Brazex. Okay. And then, and then same with the big soft baits, dude, I'll, I'll usually do 20 pound of Brazex, sometimes 25, just I'm back and forth on that. Um, is, is a Brazex the yellow box, the yellow and blue box? A Brazex is the red. I'm, okay, I'm thinking Invisex then maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay, and okay. that and I, I use that for a long time too. Like it's, I just like Seaguar, and then Sunline obviously is good too. Um, but for all my swim bait stuff, I definitely trust the Seaguar Brazex the most. Like I've just, like I mentioned, dude, I've never broken off any expensive yeah, baits other yeah. than the couple mishaps of Battle Shads, but. Never, never broken a fish off like a big fish off, which is the most important thing by far. Like, right, yeah. So until that happens, like I won't, I won't even think about switching, dude. Just yeah, yeah. I was just about to say it's it's hard to switch up when when you've never had a problem with something like that. It's like just like what I said, I'd never had a problem with a power knob until last year. I'm like, okay, like yeah, I should probably switch. And that's like line, dude. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like if people can bash a style line that i use all the time but until that thing fails me then i don't i don't have a reason it's never let me down yeah it's that it's always a huge topic of discussion in the swim bait world but i'm with you man like i'm just gonna stick with what has worked for me like that's that's all you can do man just yeah. rock out what you've been doing and is that it's funny though when something does fail it'll have you questioning your entire existence but <laughs> son of a bitch and yeah. like, obviously obviously bad spools line are a thing but it also comes down to like dude are you tying your knots okay like you you came on here and you've talked about losing all these baits like are uh, like your knots failing or like what's going on here you're not retying if you're fishing rip and wrap like yeah. i think there's something more external than than just be you having seven bad batches of line back to back yeah dude i i am here i'm a nut about retying like anyone i fish with will vouch for me on that I, i'm even to the point where i'll tell my buddies i'm like I'm like, hey, have you retied recently? Like, it's it's after like every fish for me, dude. And especially with the with the big bait stuff, where, I mean, that puts a lot of stress on that knot. Making, mm -hmm. you might make a hundred and something casts before you catch a fish. So like, especially after you caught a fish, like you need to retie. Um, it just it puts a lot of stress on the knot. I, I mean, yeah. it's just too easy to take. What is it? Twenty seconds maybe to retie. Mm -hmm. I just keep one of the little like the little clippers that attach to your belt loop. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't even got to bend over and grab scissors. It's just right there, you know, quick and easy. And then you're back fishing. What, uh, what knot do you usually go with? Uh, 
Dude, I get asked this question and I'm like, I don't fucking know. It's uh it's the old uh it's just like the fisherman's knot, man. Like the like twist seven punch. times, go through the bottom loop and then go back through the loop back that through. you just made. Man, yeah. that makes me so happy that you just said that. Dude, that's what I tie. <laughs> I started tying the San Diego jam this year and I'm like, man, improved clench knots not looking so bad. I can tie that with my eyes closed in about twelve seconds. Yeah. I've never had a problem with it. Yeah, I've been tying that one forever, man, and it's it never lets me down. Um, I mean, again, why switch if something yeah, is working? Yeah. And you you can tell when a knot fails. Like you can like if you break off and you look at the end of your line, you can tell if it was broke off at the knot or not. And so I've 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 just never had any problems with it. So I'll keep running that one until it fails on me, and then I'll go crazy for a week watching YouTube videos, how to tie other knots. Tying them on boat anchors to learn how to do it on big scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No oh, shit. Yeah, man. Uh, last thing, do you, um, do you switch out your hooks at all? Do you have any preference in hooks or stock hooks are good enough for you? Um, it just depends what bait. Honestly, the stock hooks that come with the DRT baits, I think are solid. I'm not sure what, what brand they use, but I'll swap them out after a while. Um, yeah. they'll eventually get kind of dulled out. And I really like the, uh, I think it's Ryugi, like the Twin Pierce Brutal or something, I think is what they called. Mm -hmm. It's either that or I've I've tried some of the DRT Sharks as well. And th those are also made by that same Ryugi brand. So I, I really like both of those hooks. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, some owners here. I'm not, I don't go too crazy about hooks as long as they're the correct size and, and you know, they're sharp. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, oh well. <laughs> like if if they bend out, then maybe I'll look into new ones. But if you know if they just lose stickiness, maybe I'll sharpen them up or just order another box. What's it matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, with swim baits, dude, it's not like they probably get more dull from rubbing on the side of the bait than they do from actually catching fish. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just keep an eye on them, and yeah, I don't, I don't nerd out about that one too much yeah exactly but yeah man is there anything else that you were uh you were banking on talking about that we kind of skipped over or missed at all i think we covered a lot dude i think oh, yeah. uh i could probably talk fishing all day but we both have normal life to get back to you know so yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> yeah. uh maybe, maybe in the fall time or in the winter we'll get you back on and we'll talk about your fishing throughout this year and, and what you were able to capitalize on or what you learned or new baits figured out or something like that yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm about to. Uh, I'm I'm off work this entire week, so I'm about to hit uh, Possum Kingdom send uh, Monday and Tuesday, and then I'll be at our local or I say local one of my favorite lakes in Oklahoma uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So, oh, yeah, hopefully, man. I know some guys who uh, who've caught some good fish out of PK down there. Who some guys who fish it pretty religiously too. <clears throat> I, I love that lake, man. I've I've only been there twice, but both times we've been there, we've had encounters with giants. So I'm excited to go back there. Oh yeah, man. What's uh what's the Instagram and uh YouTube channel for guys who don't follow you and who are intrigued with what they're hearing? I, I really I really hyped up that video at the intro, so you better you better put the Instagram or YouTube handle in there. Dude, I am terrible at getting on YouTube, man. My my insta is bait and skate, and if you just go to that that link that's in my yeah. bio, then it'll take you to my YouTube and yeah, maybe if I get a few subscribers out of this, you know, maybe I'll I'll post some more YouTube videos. So who knows? Oh yeah, man perfect do you just do you just have a gopro recording all day and then you'll go through or like the 20 minute loop style and you just go through and save the things to your computer and clear the card yeah so so i just run a 128 gig card okay 
and, and then I have my GoPro hardwired to the, the batteries on my boat. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I can, I can run straight for like five and a half hours and I'll just save whatever footage I want throughout the day and then delete mm-hmm. the rest as the day goes on. Hell yeah, and, man. uh, yeah. So it's just, I just leave it running, dude. I, you know, uh, two full memory cards gets me through, you know, it ain't very often I'm out there more than eight or nine hours. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, hell yeah, dude. That sounds like you got it figured out. That's, that's damn near perfect. Yep, it's worked for me for a while. So I'm still running the freaking GoPro Hero Five, tried and true. Hell yeah, man! Uh, I I I I think you're probably pretty far away. Are you going to be uh, at the Texas gathering this year? I guess in the next like what week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I, I won't be down there. I I should go, but yeah, I'll have to get back to work the week after that. And yeah, that's what I figured. It's probably yeah. pretty damn far from you too. I'm sure. It's it's not they're at Lake Fork, dude. It's only like four hours, which isn't that oh, bad. I've, yeah, I've gone down there and fished a few times, but I just I'm sure it would be fun, but I just really value my time off work. Yeah, and I just yeah. really want to be fishing, you know, more than any, especially this time of year. Like, I want to be fishing, so I'll I'll yeah, get to man. one of those eventually. Yeah, it's hard to hard to beat, especially fishing right now and in a lot of places. It's uh can't take it for granted because it doesn't last too long. <laughs> yep, it's firing up right now. This is prime time to go throw those big baits for me. Hell yeah, man! Maybe uh maybe before this uh, airs next next uh what is it next Monday? Maybe we'll catch a ten. I'll have to I'll have to use that picture for the show art and be like, yeah, this, this guy was on him when we were talking. <laughs> and he's still catching him, so you better go listen. That'd, that'd be dope. Hopefully, you spoke it into existence. We'll find out. Hell yeah, man. I'll knock on some wood. <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Dylan for coming on and talking. And uh, as always, I will link everything in the show notes so you guys go follow him and, and watch that 20-minute YouTube video of absolute big bass carnage. But I want to thank Dylan for coming on. I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll talk to you guys next time. See you guys.